Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. The National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to nine hours of sleep per night for adults between the ages of 18 to 64. Yet more than one third of adults aren't getting the recommended amount of sleep. And between 10 and 30% of adults struggle with insomnia. A host of studies and reports have linked insufficient sleep to depression, ADHD, obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and Alzheimer's. In 2014, the CDC labelled sleep deprivation a public health epidemic, with over 70 million adults suffering from a sleep disorder. On today's episode, I interviewed sleep and rest expert Amanda Slinger to explore the topic. Amanda has a medical background and over 20 years of experience working in organisations on the critical role that rest and sleep play in optimising individual and collective performance. Amanda, thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast. Oh, absolute pleasure, Nick. No, I really appreciate it. And I, I think both times I've had a chat to you, I've, yeah, really enjoyed it and also love learning about sleep. I think I was saying to you just before we started recording, it's, I think, the area that all everyone um, in the world can probably use more help with. And we just, you know... We all know how healthy it is for us, but we don't do enough of it. So I think, yeah, really excited to have this chat. Fantastic. It's great to hear you've got that view. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so before we get into it, can you give uh, a bit of a background on yourself, the work you do, and just how you came to be doing what you're now doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a bit, a bit of a cough going on. Um, so I guess my working career, I started as a registered nurse. Um, it's strange because I've sort of done this pirouette, not such a pivot, but a pirouette right back to health, healthcare. Um, but yeah, I started my career as a registered nurse and oh, would have been within six months of <clears throat> graduating. I found myself in a remote mining community working as sister in charge <laughs> of the hospital there, um, Parabadoo, such a cool name. Um, yeah. And it, it was a closed mining community, so only people who worked on the mine sites or services that serviced the, the community were allowed to live in the town. Um, yeah, and it was a fantastic community. You know, we relied on each other for everything, support, friendship, sports. It was just incredible. I was the local ballet instructor. I don't know how I got roped into that, but I did. <laughs> I was the x-ray operator. So it was a really exciting time and I just learned so, so much. But um, through all that, I also saw how many work-related injuries were coming in the door of the emergency department. And, yeah, it, it shocked me. And, you know, I just saw that link between um, the poor, poor sleep, fatigue and, um, and, and safety. And I then started studying a grad dip in OH&S 
did it remotely and back then that was even before the internet that's showing you how old I am <laughs> <laughs> so it was crazy um but I, I just absolutely loved the work I did you know the emergency work and uh, we were delivering babies we were doing minor surgeries um it was so much but I just wanted to be in that preventative space I just wanted to stop the suffering and there was one night when we had a fatality and it involved one of the fathers who lived in the town and I taught his kids ballet so you know you're there supporting the family with their grief but you're also grieving yourself so for me that was just so gut-wrenching and I really wanted to do something different so I jumped into that ock health and safety space um, after a few years in Africa I came back and worked in mining again and I've pretty much spent most of my career in mining construction um, and I worked as an Oc health nurse on a mine site and you know in those roles that's a FIFO mine site so fly and fly out and in those roles you are your nurse your counsellor your support person and a lot of people they, they share a lot with you um, everything from you know my dog just died and or my you know wife just left me so a lot of mental health issues um I saw a lot of mental health issues rising and again this link between poor sleep and mental health really struck me so way back then I wanted to do something in the sleep space um, I then went on and started my first company industrial safe which I still run today although in a sort of more reduced capacity and that's a risk management business um, in the health and safety space and um, I then thought back to I've got to get this sleep program up and running. So I founded a second company called Fluoro. And <laughs> it's funny how things go. I, uh, yeah. I then got distracted delivering online courses for all my clients and forgot all about building my own program. And it was pre-COVID and I just thought, you know, I really need to, to push the button on this thing and started my third company with the name of Sleep Spot. So there was no confusion or diversion around what I was going to do. Um, and so, yeah, slowly built this sleep program that I'm now um, providing to organisations. And it's essentially um, a employee recharge program but we, where we look at educating and supporting and engaging employees um, to prioritise and optimise their sleep. Um, there are so many sleep challenges that, um, that we're facing globally. And in Australia, the stats aren't fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a great need. And my desire is for companies to take on a program like this as part of their onboarding. So it should be setting aside, you know, other fatigue or, um, sorry, fitness for work-related um, subjects. So, mm. yeah, and I do a lot of public speaking as well on rest and sleep because my sort of area of expertise is both rest and sleep. It's what we do in daylight hours in terms of resting that also supports sleep. Um, and, yeah, I've got a, another sort of program I'm trying to get into um, teens and young children around optimising their sleep because we don't learn about sleep in school. It's not one of our, um, you know, our pillars of education. We learn about <laughs> diet and nutrition and exercise, but sleep's missed off. Um, off the program so if we can help <clears throat> to educate young children we can help our teens to be more resilient with better mental health outcomes and you know if you have great habits in childhood they'll come through to teen years and then into adulthood so there's a lot of work ahead of me um, but I'm really excited. Yeah well thank you for sharing that and you've done a lot of different things and 
um, a lot to juggle, but like, I think it's, it's amazing the mission that you're on and yeah, like, like I was saying at the beginning, couldn't be more needed. And I, I guess that's interesting how you're saying, you know, it's like mental health. We're not educated on sleep yet. You know, we all pretty from a very young age know we should be getting eight hours or how, you know, around eight hours or more sleep. Um, but then we don't really get any further education from that. We don't really take it seriously or look into it. Um, how much do we need to know? And do you think it would make a big difference if we were educated properly about this from a young age? Would that sort of help a lot later in life? Oh, I, I really believe so, Nick. I, yeah, I really do. Kids, young kids are sponges for knowledge. And, you know, if you make the learning engaging and, um, you know, tell a story through it, um, I think it, it'll really land well. And, if we can teach them at a young age, they can then take that through to that teenage years um, when they really need it. Um, mm. You know, teens have got so many challenges. Um, you know, I've got a teen, um, 15 year old, and you know, there, there are a lot of challenges for them. So I believe there's, there's a lot that we can do. And you know, I think generally um, the adult population, we have a, an idea about uh, the importance of sleep, but most people don't know the half of it, Nick. And I think when we, truly dive into and explore what sleep does for us um, it is it's, it's really quite powerful that message and then when we start to lean into well of all those things that sleep does for me what is it that I'm going to hang my hat on why why am I going to prioritize my sleep tonight so for me you know I really want my brain to be functioning really well uh, we're all aging and um, and for me that's my my you know my intrinsic value that I hang on sleep I've got lots of them but that's when I always go to so I think when you've got that that background of knowledge of why we need to sleep or what it can do for us um, and the impact of a poor night's sleep I think that's powerful for people and you know the stats are really um, really strong on people's need for knowledge in this area um, 74 percent of Australians actually want to know more about sleep and one in two Australians want to actually know how to get better sleep. So they're really positive mm. stats. That's yeah, that's really strong statistics. And mm. what how many people are getting enough sleep and how many people, you know, have a healthy relationship with sleep? Do you you know, is there are there rough figures on that um in companies, in schools? Is it something that's a fairly high number? Yeah, I, lo I love how you've got a positive spin on that. How many people are getting <laughs> sleep? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can tell you how many aren't. <laughs> how many aren't? Tell me how many aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do the maths on the on the on the <laughs> you know, on the, um, the the delta on that. So, um, in terms of you know, I, I think of it in in three main areas. There are you know diagnosed sleep disorders which. You've got insomnia, which is um, three months or more of symptoms. Used to be six months, now it's three months. It's a long time to be without good sleep. So oh, yeah. sleep disorders, medically diagnosed sleep disorders are insomnia, sleep apnea, parasomnias, restless leg syndrome. There's a whole heap of them. Um, so there's um, one in five Australians, and these are Australian statistics, one in five have a diagnosed sleep disorder. But when you look at that one in five, not all of them will be receiving treatment. Um, treatments um, are not always that attractive. 
And when someone's been diagnosed and they aren't really interested in doing the treatment, they won't go back and revisit it. But I really encourage people to keep going back and getting second opinion or just looking at what else is emerging because technologies and treatments for sleep disorders, it's an exciting space. So sleep disorders is one thing. And then, of course, there's um, all the people who are undiagnosed. And I think there's a bigger number of people who are undiagnosed um, having sleep disorders. And uh, sorry, I've just got to let come on through. I'll go for it. Sick 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I, I really question how many people um, are undiagnosed. And that's another area of work that in, in our uh, recharge program, we, we work upfront on do you think you might have an undiagnosed sleep disorder and really encourage people to go and seek a diagnosis. And in that space, you know, GPs have got so much to cover. They don't know a, a huge amount about sleep and also, you know, what sleep specialists there are to refer people on to. So we talk a little bit about that as well in our program. So there's, you know, sleep disorders and then there's just sleep problems. So mm. sleep problems, I'm sure you can relate to this. I can. I didn't sleep well last night, even though I'm a sleep expert. So these are anything from, you know, having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, waking up too frequently during the night, um, waking up too early, having daytime symptoms of fatigue. So not necessarily insomnia, like three months of symptoms, but occasionally, and it still stuffs up our day. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the second big bucket, sleep, you know, um, diagnosed sleep disorders. Then there's oh, sleep disorders, sleep problems. And then the one that isn't spoken about a lot, and I do not have any metrics on this, and I would love to, but I think this is the bigger bucket. And this is people who displace their sleep. So people who are squeezing the amount of time or the opportunity that we give to sleep. And this is really, really significant. So you've got people who are working two jobs or people who've got families. I mean, it can, it can be anyone, you know, binging on Netflix, your favourite TV show, social media scrolling, looking at the news, um, working on projects late to the evening. Um, so it's just, and that impact um, is is huge. So they're the 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 buckets that I work in in terms of um you know what how big a problem we have but uh, yeah I mean one in five people having a sleep disorder is enormous I, I didn't know it that is. statistic that's crazy yeah yeah that's and huge. in terms of sleep problems you've got it's I think 64 percent of Australians have at least one sleep problem so that was falling asleep you know having trouble staying asleep etc and mm. around 40 Five percent have two sleep problems, so it, oh. it's, it's it's significant, and you know it's a stressful world that we live in, and there's so many things that impact our sleep and our ability to sleep, whether we want to try and sleep or whether we're just not prioritizing sleep. Yeah, is it? I was just thinking with my sleep, I normally don't have trouble falling asleep. I often wake up, you know, two three times during the night. Is that? Are you? Is it normal to wake up during the night? Are you ideally meant to sleep the whole way through? Uh, I'm just personally interested in yeah how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic question. I'm glad you raised it because so many people think that they aren't sleeping well because they wake up a few times in the night. It's absolutely normal, absolutely normal to wake up during the night. Um, where we need to be cautious is how frequently we wake up and whether we can get back to sleep promptly yeah yep okay oh well that's good to know then and not not yeah not <laughs> jumping on your phone or 
doing something to stimulate yourself when you wake up. Yeah, and look, often it is a case that, you know, you know, we, we're so busy, you know, we're so busy in our daylight hours that um, I think if you can relate to this, being an actor, um, you, um, I think, past life actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think of this, a life as a stage and sort of during the, the day there are all these actors on the stage, you know, getting their, you know, face in front of the audience and their voice in front of the audience. And in the wings we've got all these other actors who are like, <laughs> and their thoughts and worries and concerns that aren't being heard. And the first opportunity that they actually have to be heard is when we put our head on our pillow at night. And often we're so exhausted that we just fall asleep and it's when we wake up in the night and that's when all these thoughts and ideas and worries come to us and it's mm. very hard to switch them off. So it's very important that we do give ourselves time in daylight hours and I'm really strong on the daylight hours um, yeah. to just let those thoughts and worries come to us. You know, um, like I said to you earlier before we jumped on the recording, I do a lot of driving um, up and down from East Fremantle in Western Australia to Margaret River. It's a three-hour drive. I go up and down at least once a week. And in that drive, I listen to podcasts, but I don't listen the whole way. The first half of the trip, I just, I'm there with my thoughts and, and let things flow. So it's, it's yeah, um, it's it, I think that's a, a big problem for many people. It's that we just don't know how to switch off. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please click the subscribe button, leave a like or comment, share with your friends, and follow me on Instagram at Nick Brax. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so hard to, and we, like you're saying, you know, we can be lying in bed on our phone, still sending emails, watching movies, doing all these things that are stimulating us just before we go to bed, uh, which is not ideal. Um, how, how many hours are we actually meant to get per night? And I think it's interesting, like what you were talking about before, where a lot of people are working, you know, two jobs or trying to cram more in. And I think there's a lot of misinformation as well, where you'll hear different successful people talking about or motivational speakers saying, you know, you just got to push harder. I only sleep four hours a night and all that kind of stuff, which I think can be, um, you know, damaging to people to be mm. misled in that way. Mm. Completely, completely. And I hope that there's um, there's a, you know a, a more people or a growing population of people who are recognizing that that's just a load of BS. Um, and you know you think about Elon Musk, who's you know oh he only sleeps I don't know what he said on the Joe Rogan show x number of hours a night sleep and you know look what he's achieved. But my reply to that is well you know what could he have achieved had he have had seven to nine hours of sleep a night so you know there's the other side of it um yeah so in terms of yeah what what we should be sleeping that the recommendations globally whether you're in australia or the, the states it's seven to nine hours for for adults and yeah. something that's really interesting and i when, when i say to people so how many hours um a night do you think you need to sleep and they're like oh between seven and nine and i'm okay so and for you and it goes yeah well some sometimes i get seven and then sometimes i might get nine and i'm like yeah that's not how it works <laughs> seven right. to nine range it's like somewhere in there is your ideal every night and of course you know depending on what we've done during the day and the amount of stress we've had and so on we might need a bit more a bit less but there's this range you might only Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Need seven hours a night, Nick, but I used to need eight. Now I need about seven and a half um, as mm. I get older. And that's what I should aim for most nights. And of course, mm. we've got beautiful, wonderful, exciting lives to lead. Lead. It's not always going to be seven and a half, but that's my aim most of most most nights of the week. Um, so yeah, and it's just having a real think about well, what is your number? Um, and I don't think a lot of people really think about that unless you're using you know a sleep tracker, which so many people are doing. They're using metrics to measure steps and sleep quality and so on. Um, you know more and more people are doing that but there's still a lot of people who've got no idea how many hours a night they they really hum on each day that's interesting yeah and would you say then as what in addition to that so it's getting the a similar amount each night and then is it having a similar routine where you're going to bed at similar times you're getting up at a similar time having that consistency is that important as well yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I think you know what you need to do. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's definitely, yeah, we've got the circadian rhythm. It's a rhythm. It wants rhythm. It works best with a rhythm. And that's a rhythm is something that's regular. So um, yeah. you know, waking up at the same time is the most important point in your day. The time you go to sleep is important, but if you've got to move one of them, move the time you go to sleep, but don't move the time that you wake up. And when I say that, you know, I sleep in maybe half an hour on a weekend. Um, this morning I had a really bad sleep last night, and which is not common for me, but it happens. Um, and I slept in an extra 20 minutes this morning. That's okay. But trying to wake up within 30 minutes of that normal wake-up time is so important because your, your circadian rhythm, which is what drives our sleep, mm. needs that regularity. Yeah, no, it's super interesting because I think it's something that um, a lot of us know about but don't follow, you know, and it's mm. very yeah, just important to focus on that. So I guess, yeah. um, oh, sorry, well, yeah, um, you go. I was just going to say something which people always are surprised to hear and it, it might help. Um, listeners uh, really focus on that sleep regularity and I'm just going to pause and you can edit this moment because my <laughs> son's coming out of the bath. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, no problem. Um, <coughs> um, you can edit, can't you? Oh, we it all gets edited, so that's completely yeah, fine. Good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Making a guest <laughs> appearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. fine. I'll, I'll edit it. Yeah. So something else which is really important to know around that sleep regularity that might help your listeners really focus in on waking up at the same time each day is that you know we've got the 24-hour clock, but our circadian rhythm actually runs for slightly longer than 24 hours, which is I think it's remarkable. It's like, why does that happen? But it does. So um, without the cues of sunlight and food and exercise that help to keep the timing of our circadian rhythm, our rhythm would shift later and later. So um, 
you know, my teen, if if I allow him to sleep in each day, his his circadian rhythm will shift. So mm. that means that we will want to go back to bed later, wake up later, and it'll keep shifting. So mm. on average, the circadian rhythm is around about 24.2 hours. Um, and so it's not a lot, but it's it's interesting to know, and that, and that might help people just go, yeah, I do need to wake up in the morning at the same time or whenever you wake up, if you're a shift worker, wake up at the same time. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely interesting to know. Um, well, a lot of this podcast centres around mental health. How big is the connection between our mental health and, and sleep? Enormous, enormous. I believe with all that sleep does for our bodies right now mental health that the mental health um component is huge um you know REM sleep we have REM sleep throughout the night but in the second half of the night is when we have most REM sleep and it's in REM sleep that we really get this recovery of our mental health and we know that mental health and sleep has a what they call a bi-directional relationship, which is really interesting in that, you know, if you have um, poor sleep, you're at an increased risk of a mental health challenge. And that's significant to know. Um, so yeah, we all know what it's like mm. when we've had a poor night's sleep, a little bit grumpier. Just ask my 15-year-old this morning. <laughs> um, yeah. But also I don't think that there's any any uh, mental health disorder that isn't also associated with poor sleep. So there's that bi-directional relationship, the chicken or the egg type of thing. Um, so it is incredibly important. And when people are experiencing, whether it's emotional challenges, stress, just to know that a great night's sleep is the best way you can start tomorrow. Yeah. Which is, yeah, and the natural tendency when you are stressed or going through an emotional challenge, mental health issues, whatever it is, it often goes the other way where you, you know, you just can't get yourself to relax and sleep. But that's the ironic thing. It's the thing you need the most, like you're saying there. So, so important to be aware of that and just have that front front of mind when you are going through those kind of periods that, you know, the sleep is actually going to be you know, one of the key things to allow you to then work through, you know, all of these different situations we go through. Mm, completely. What uh, I recommend everyone does is to um, to find at least three tools that they can lean on to help them unwind, whether it's yeah. trying to sleep or it's just during the day and they're feeling stressed. And it doesn't need to be meditation. I'm absolutely crap at meditation, but... <laughs> Finding something which helps you unwind because it's times when you're stressed or you can't fall asleep that you can really lean on that and you don't want it to be a crisis situation and you're starting, you're going to have to learn in that point in time how to unwind. And what I find with the people that I speak to about sleep is that we're, we're really getting out of touch with our parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest state that we're, we're so focused and on doing so much in our day and being busy that that sort of fight or flight response is always active, but we're not really engaging that parasympathetic nervous system frequently enough. And I think of it like a muscle, you know, a muscle waste away unless we use it. So 
um, yeah, having some yeah. tools, some strategies to lean on that is, and everyone is different. Yeah, as I said, for me, it's not meditating. Um, yeah, I've got a terrific app that I use at night when I can't fall asleep and it's called Nothing Much Happens. <laughs> and it's it's a podcast and yeah. it's this Canadian woman who's got this lovely voice and she has these stories which are absolutely nothing much happens, but it's enough <laughs> to to lay a path for my mind to follow. Mm. Otherwise, my mind, instead of planning and thinking and strategizing and solving problems. Um, so that's my go-to. But, again, I don't want to lean on that solely because when I went camping last year, I didn't have access to the internet. So then how do I, you know, listen to my yeah. podcast? I could have downloaded it, but I wasn't that smart <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> so making sure that you've got at least yeah, three strategies or tools that, that work for you is really important. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great, you know, and simple advice that anyone can implement. Um, so final question here. What what about sleep and performance? We we're talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Uh, how how much of an effect does sleep have on our performance, whether that be at work or anything else? Yeah, well, it's I think the center of the program that we we have with our employee recharge program. Um, you know, and we say that the best way to predict how well you or your team is going to perform today can be asked in one simple question. That is. You know, how did you sleep last night? And well, yeah, that, that it's the most reliable predictor of performance. And performance, when I talk about performance, it's employee performance, everything from, you know, your energy levels to creativity to memory. Um, it's your mood. It's how many errors you make. It's decision-making, problem-solving. It Performance covers your health and well-being. You know, we've already talked about mental health. But it's also your heart health and your brain health. Immune function is really important. Um, you know, sleep impacts immune function, blood sugar regulation. And, you know, we my, my career started with safety performance. Yeah. And, you know, when you're poorly slept, your um, risk-taking behaviour increases, which is really interesting. Mm. Of course, reaction times are slower, fatigue is increased accident rates and severity um, go up and then you know even leadership performance um, this is um, one of the talks that I deliver to organization and it's really looking at you know how leaders it's about setting the tone at the, the top because you know what they say and do about sleep impacts how well their subordinates sleep and you touched on this earlier with you know famous people or leaders around the world if they say that they get by on whatever five or six hours of sleep people listen unfortunately so uh, and there's so much that leaders can be doing to support sleep but yeah leadership performance you know leaders you know charisma is affected by sleep yeah to communicate and talk um, and then organisational performance, you've got turnover of people engaged, you know, presenteeism and absenteeism. Uh, There's just so much related. So performance, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, a big one. It is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying this podcast and want to learn more, I've released my first book, Move Your Mind, How to Build a Healthy Mindset for Life, where I talk about my own journey with mental health and share tips from experts on how to maintain a healthy mindset. You can buy the book on Amazon or through my website at nickbrax.com slash book. And where can people go if they want to learn more about what you're doing, your program, 
anything else we'll put this in the show notes but where where can our listeners go if they want to learn more thanks nick um yeah i i have a phone <laughs> um <laughs> and i have an email address so yeah i'd love for people to just reach out pick up the phone and talk to me but yeah of course the um i have a website which is www.sweepspot.com.au and um yeah linkedin a little bit on instagram but mostly linkedin Okay, great. Well, we'll have um, we'll put the links in the show notes. So, uh, anyone listening, make sure to to check those out. Uh, so we finish with um every episode with five closing questions. So the first one here is, what is your best childhood memory that comes to mind? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, it would have to be Rottnest Island. So oh, yeah, I live in beautiful. Australia. Have you been Rottnest? I've never been. I've seen photos. So it's like on my probably number one on my list. I want to, so my girlfriend's Canadian. When we go back to Australia, I want to take her there. Oh, well, make sure you come and visit us. So Rottnest, yeah. it's like the Greek islands um, or better. Yeah. And it's, it's an island off the coast of WA. And uh, I spent two weeks in summer and two weeks in winter each year as a kid for, going there for holidays. And you can only take bikes. You can't take cars. So it's, just this idyllic lifestyle. My best friend and I just, yeah, we used to just ride around the island with our fishing rods and a bucket with some tackle. We really had any bait. It was just generally foil and um, some, you know, crusty bread. And we'd go fishing and exploring the bays. And oh, it was just, yeah. I love that. Idyllic. <laughs> such, such a good memory. <laughs> What do you think is currently the biggest burden on mental health in society? There's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. I, I believe it's the constant pursuit of more. Um, yeah. You know, not, not being present, not being happy with the now, always looking to the future. Um, there's a brilliant quote that I often use from Dolly Parton and she said don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life um, mm -hmm. and it's you know it's this putting off happiness until you know dot 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 fill in the space with whatever it is you know I finish yeah. this project I get a new job the kids leave primary school whatever it is um, and yeah we're just so so busy we're over committing and I think we you know, we generalising, of course, um, have unrealistic expectations about our time. You know, we've got a lot of time, but we just have unrealistic expectations around what we can achieve in a day without running ourselves into the ground. Um, yeah. Oh, I think it's, yeah, such a great answer and so relevant to yeah like you're saying most of us i think it's just the world we live in so you have to make a conscious effort to just make the most of what's in front of you while rather than always looking to the future so i love that answer mm, what okay. is your what's your personal definition of happiness wow how do i define happiness i think the simple answer would be <clears throat> yeah whatever makes me feel good um you know, that's, I think, a lot to do with my relationships, you know, with other people and my place in the world. Um, 
yeah, you know, I'm happy when I have a sense of belonging and connectedness and community. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm loved. Laughter makes me happy. Um, and I think it's also, well, I know, not I think, it's very much around how close I am to the natural world, um, you know, and how much time I spend in it and how active I am in it. I'm, I go to the beach most days and swim in the ocean and, yeah, I'm, every day it's one of my, the ways that I unwind is immersing myself in nature in an active way. That's great. Yeah. Well, I think I think more people need to do that. I think it's yeah, such an important one. What are you most afraid of? <laughs> Apart from sharks. <laughs> Apart from sharks. <laughs> Including sharks. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I think it's related to the yeah, um what we've spoken about just in terms of, you know, I think how how easy and attractive it is to be disconnected from each other and from our natural world. Um, I love technology. You know, I've got two companies which are built on tech, but I'm challenged and I'm also concerned with how to keep the balance of, you know, technology and dopamine versus nature and oxytocin. You know, they, they both feel good hormones, but, yeah, dopamine and technology, it's such such a strong one and I'm you know I'm just afraid how much we're disconnecting from each other and the natural world yeah yeah absolutely well on a positive note what are you most proud of um proud of my family and I think the, the working life I've created you know I've got a portfolio career of three companies um, I love the change that I'm um looking to make in the world um, and I think the diverse work that I do you know one minute I'm working with a full character animation um, creator I'm working with a script writer I might be working with a mind manager so yeah I, I think I'm very blessed in the flexibility and um, and yeah the the richness of the work that I do it's very it's varied. And also I, I get to take two months off every year. That's just my, I don't compromise on that. So December, January, yeah. I, I exit stage left. <laughs> so I'm proud Very of important. that. Really proud of that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for making the time. I've, I've learned a lot in this and I'm sure our listeners will and love the work you're doing. And I think it's such an important mission um, to educate as many people as we can about sleep. So yeah, really appreciate you making the time thanks so much nick and yeah thanks for doing the podcast so it's, it's a great podcast appreciate it thank you so much thanks to amanda slinger for joining me today for move your mind also a huge thank you to those of you listening i really appreciate your support if you'd like to learn more or connect with me personally visit www.nickbrax.com or send me a dm on instagram at nickbrax Please don't forget to click the subscribe button, leave a like or comment, share with your friends, and follow me on Instagram. It really makes a difference. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.